everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host, Bucky. Oh, wait, my name's Kevin, and I'm here with... No, your name's Bucky. <laughs> and who am I here with? You're here with Diamond and Bucky. And this is the Midnight Terrors podcast. Come get you some. Yeah, buddy. All right. Well, um, we considered retirement after the insanity of last week's episode on Brotherhood of the Wolf. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I guess. Sorry, not no, sorry. No, no, I, I don't. No, sorry, not sorry is, is the best way. <laughs> no, to say I don't. It. I don't have any regrets. That might be Jason. That might be the funniest episode we have ever done. Well, and I like those when we have fun. Um, we have serious discussions a lot of time, um, uh, and it's it's mainly when it's you know the two of us that are just discussing a movie. Uh, but when we get when we get guests on. Um, we go a little bit off the rails, and there's nothing wrong with that. And no, well, that was the- that was our first um, guest episode in uh, uh, a good bit, probably at least a month. In a minute, yeah, yeah. And uh, not to cut you off, but yeah, it was our best friends in the podcasting world, Marcus and Luke of Reviewed to Death. We love those dudes. Yeah, they they are a lot of fun, and I love any time. We can have a guest, but they, those guys just kind of like get us, I guess. Yeah, they um, do. <laughs> and and we kind of enjoy picking on each other, uh, and they 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 make for funny episodes. And yeah, they really they really do. We um, as we're recording this, it's the day after the Brotherhood of the Wolf episode just came out, and all our texts today have been us re-listening to the Brotherhood of the Wolf episode and just, like, quoting funny shit that we said. Yeah, and it's 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 fun, man. Like, I, I love I love having those episodes. Uh, I, they're, they're some of my favorites. But we like having our serious discussions as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's just a good... Uh, it's a good mix. Oh, yeah, definitely. Some, having some funny shit in there and then, you know, also, you know, having our serious discussions cause we do those too. Well, I think it was, uh, I think it was the, the shock value, honestly, because we had gone at least a month or so with just episodes of just us. Um, yeah. and you know, I, I, I made the joke like in the description or at the beginning of the episode saying we had to bring in the big guns cause you're probably sick of us too. Um, but it's true. Whenever, right. whenever those guys get on board, it just—it's a madhouse, and we we love it. It is. It's a very good time. Holy, we shit. like having. Sorry, I I tried to turn your volume up just a little bit, and I turned it up too far. <laughs> Almost blew my eardrums um, out. No. It's 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 a lot of fun. We like having people on, and anytime. Uh, Luke and Marcus get on with us. It it turns into craziness. Yeah, no, we love those guys. And again, we have just uh, we've had the best time doing the crossovers with them. Um, so if you're listening to this and you enjoyed the Brotherhood of the Wolf episode, uh, go back, go listen to our Christmas crossover with them, and go uh, go listen to our clown crossover from a few months back. And obviously, please go subscribe to their show and 
follow them and listen to them. We they're one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Well, yeah, and we we also had our crossover with them with uh, Dog Soldiers. Yeah, the day that we're recording this is when Dog Soldiers came out. That was another fun episode. And thank you, Luke, for introducing us to that movie. Yes, absolutely. The movie was uh, that amazing. Was, yeah, it's one I have never seen, and I was super impressed with it. So, Yeah, dude. Um, well... Enough backtracking, I guess, because, uh, you know, Luke talked about on the Dog Soldiers episode, that's one of his favorite movies, right? It's one of his favorite horror movies. Jason, this week on Midnight Terrors, it was my pick again last week, the week before the crossover. uh, It was your movie pick, and you picked American Psycho for us, and last week you picked Brotherhood of the Wolf for the crossover. So it it flipped back to me. To pick a movie for us, and um, this is another. And I love your pick. Oh man, this is another movie that I am surprised that it took us mm, forty-six episodes to get to. Um, mm-hmm. because and we almost did this movie earlier because we were gonna do it as a build-up to Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, but in that same time period, the the movie House of a Thousand Corpses celebrated its 20-year anniversary, and we really wanted to do an episode on that for the 20-year anniversary. Um, So we pushed it back, but today, my pick for the podcast was our boy Sam Raimi, Drag Me to Hell. Yep, and it's a great pick, man. You know, we... Go ahead, man. We go off on we go off on episodes where we're like, oh, I don't like this one, I don't like that one, you know, whoever's throwing it out. But this is another one that I think that we both definitely agree on. Absolutely, this is going to be another um, another episode where we fillet this movie to death. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to circle jerk it this time? We are going to circle jerk. Well, it's well, it sounds like we're we're going even uh, better than uh, circle jerk. We're going to flate it. Yeah, if, we're going to actually. We're not going to stand in the corner and circle jerk. We're going to actually do stuff to the movie. Um, I like it. Yeah, man. But uh, we'll we'll get to we'll get to third base with it. Maybe, maybe. It's got high. It's got high standards. It's that good of a movie. But um, we uh, yeah. This is for me one of my probably in my top ten favorite horror movies ever. Um, I so funny story about this movie. When I saw this, Jason, I only knew Sam Raimi from Spider Man. Uh, yeah, and and I was gonna, I was gonna, because we usually um, kind of dig in where where we came from with a movie or who we knew or what we knew about it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, Sam Raimi, Spider Man, um, and Sam Raimi, Evil Dead. You probably hadn't even seen Evil Dead at that point, um, but you just knew Spider Man. Yeah, no. Um this movie came out in 2009. I did not see Evil Dead until 2012. So this was 3 years before I saw Evil Dead. 
Um, obviously, yeah. I knew what Evil Dead was because you know we talked about it on the on the Just Evil Dead episode. But you had the poster of the first Evil Dead like all over the walls in your old apartment. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So Got I yeah. So uh, and you told me for years like it's Sam Raimi. He did Spider Man. This is what he did first. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but when I saw this. I only knew Sam Raimi from Spider-Man and this was two years after Spider-Man three. So this was Raimi kind of like finishing his run with Spider-Man because Spider-Man four was like kind of in the works, but obviously it fell through by 2011. But um, yeah, they, they, they tried to get him back for a fourth one. Um, but his, I mean, I, I can't speak for the dude, obviously. Sure. Um, but just, you know, watching Spider-Man 3, you could tell his heart wasn't into it. And uh, there's there's reports about him doing Spider-Man 3. And he's like, ah, I don't even really want to do this. But he was, he was like, contracted in that he had to do it. Right. Well, um, and he, there was... We've all heard, though. There was the, a we've lot all... of studio bullshit. Yeah, where they were like, you got to do this, you got to do that, and he was like, man, I don't even want to do this shit. Well, we've all heard the um, we've all anyway. heard the story. We've all heard the story of how he did not want to do Venom for Spider Man Three, and he just got forced to do it. Um, yeah. And so, when this movie came out in two thousand nine, I just went and saw it because it looked like a good movie, and I'm like, oh, it's the director of Spider Man. That's cool. Um, I didn't know his background with horror and. He, everybody was raving about Drag Me to Hell for a different reason other than it just being a good movie. They were raving about it because it was a return to form for Sam Raimi. Absolutely. And I didn't know what that meant because I didn't know where he had come from. Um, And it wasn't until later watching Evil Dead that I'm like, oh, this is why the hardcore Raimi fans came out in droves for Drag Me to Hell. And it seems to be a movie that the Raimi fans like, really hold in high regard because you know a lot of times you get directors that you follow and they're like small horror movie makers and then they get big and then people don't like them anymore but when Raimi came back to when Raimi came back to do this people hold this in pretty high regard I I think this is I mean obviously Evil Dead is like his kind of opus but I think this is the most, um, <laughs> not sure how to say it. Um, the most Raimi movie. I was that gonna, could be Raimi. I was gonna, yeah, this is the most Raimi movie that has ever Raimied. <laughs> right. Uh, I saw this. It's, it's, it's hard to explain it, but it, it is, it's, it's just well, like the epitome of what he loves to do. Well, to wrap up my like history with this movie, so I saw it in theaters in 2009, didn't really know much about Sam Raimi other than Spider-Man. Um, watching it now, of, of course I see the Evil Dead um, feel to it and, and stuff oh, yeah. like that. And he obviously took the feel of this movie and Evil Dead and put it into Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness later for Marvel, um, which is one of my favorite MCU movies, actually great movie um and so 
watching so I was gonna rewatch this before we recorded tonight and I started to but man I just and I'll gladly watch this movie any day but I was ready to go ahead and record I just I have seen this movie so many times um and I know this movie like the back of my hand and I didn't really need to watch it I just wanted to and then we were like no I'm just ready to talk about it so we did it um yeah but like exactly I watched at least 30 minutes of it and like just right out of the gate um and we'll we'll get into the plot but right out of the gate with the opening scene with the little boy being dragged to hell it's like I'm yeah. wa- it's like I'm watching Evil Dead Yeah basically and not in the sense of like a you know a derivative way or like a oh I've seen this and done this before he puts a new twist on it but it's got that feel to it and he execute it he executes it in 2009 style and I love it yeah, he does very well. Um, the setup for the movie is very good. Um, and throughout the movie, without getting too far into it, we'll we'll go into the plot line. Um, but going into it, you can, if you know Raimi or you like Raimi, you know that it's him. Uh, just off of first couple of scenes, and once you get a little bit deeper into it, it, it Raimi is just is just a fan of just being gross. Yeah. Like <laughs> Oh, and he does like, that a lot in this. And not even not even like gore. Like, I mean, which he does. Sure. Uh especially with the with with the Evil Dead movies and and stuff like that. Like he he does enjoy gore and blood and you know cut people's arms off <laughs> and just you know crazy shit and this movie and, and it's it's pg-13 correct i would yeah i was gonna say that's the important thing to note is that you assume sam raimi oh gonna have uh lots of gore and dismemberment and stuff no this is pg-13 and it actually feels rated r at a lot of points it does but it's 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 more of him just being <laughs> nasty. <laughs> and we'll just, get into the specifics of that. But yeah, but, when when this movie came out, Jason, how excited were you? Was this movie on your radar? Were you like chomping at the bit to see it? What oh, was yeah. what yeah, was yeah, your yeah. cause you were because we were family at this point. Um so like yeah. what but I don't remember talking to you a lot about it when I saw this. So what what was your, your backstory with seeing Drag Me to Hell? Yeah, I was super excited about it, uh, obviously, because I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. Um, and I I took your sister to see it, actually. And uh, throughout the movie, we were just, like, freaking out the whole time. <laughs> just, like, like, laughing and being disgusted. Uh, I, th- I think your, I think your sister at a couple of points may have gagged. <laughs> I understand why, dude. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was a cool one that we wanted to see. And I definitely wanted to see it because it was kind of, cause this, uh, it was after Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, which he, he did a great job with Spider-Man one and two. Well, I listen, quick side note. I love his Spider-Man 
movies, all three of them. I get that Spider-Man 3 has a lot of problems, but I don't think that anyone can sit there and objectively say, like, firmly say that it's a bad movie. No, not at all. It's just, I mean, it's just a letdown after the first two. And oh, you know, wait, you you mean Spider-Man Three? Yeah, I don't think you can sit there and say it's a bad movie. Oh yes, I can. Oh fuck <laughs> you, dude. <laughs> what I can say it's a terrible movie all day long. Well, you're fucking um, stupid, man. And I, I I don't think it has anything to do with Sam Raimi. Uh, no, it's I, no. I, we I, just I, talked about that. It's studio, but you no, Jason. Come right. on, come on now, dude. Venom was not Venom. No, no. Don't get me wrong. I get that there are issues in it, but I cannot believe for a second that you can sit there and tell me that the movie is just a total pile of shit. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I we're, certainly can. Well, we're fucking done with I this podcast. We're fucking done with this podcast, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I saw Spider-Man 3 when I was Let's see. That was 2007, so I was 14. Um well, Yeah, that's that's why. Um yeah. It's, 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 so it's I have like it's It's kind of like the same thing as uh you know, Sean, your your brother, who is much younger than us, you know, seeing, you know, different Batman films or whatever and going, oh, those are cool and those aren't. <laughs> well, and it's just, it, well, well, no, no, no. And it's even, it's even better because we always argue about um, the, the early Star Wars movies, like Do you we- grew up on them. So you, you love. Oh, early as in. One- Oh, early as in the prequels? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, because you love those because you grew up on those. You hey, were, you hey, were hey, a kid hey. when you saw those. Don't say the prequels entirely. I get you don't like Phantom Menace. I get that you don't like uh, Attack of the Clones. You cannot throw Revenge of the Sith out with that. I I will give that I I can watch Revenge of the Sith. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I can watch it and and I do enjoy it. Yeah, dude. But, um, and well, listen, Jason, we're on opposing sides here because we also have a different opinion. So let's take Spider-Man three out of the equation for a second. I know yes. what I know what Spider-Man movie you put as the best one, and I disagree. I think that Spider-Man one is way better than Spider-Man two. Okay, I mean that's I can roll with you there. <laughs> so um, I like got... Spider Man. I, I like Spider Man two better. I know but you do. If you like, if you like Spider Man one better than two, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you on that, dude. I love um, Spider Man two, but Spider Man two is just so slow for me at at so many points. But I love it. There's just so many points in there, and it's a long movie. There's just so many points in there that I'm just like, please get back to Doctor Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> or please do something. Dr. Octopussy. Dr. Um, that's a movie, by the way. Octopussy. Yeah, it's, and it's, yeah not, it's a James Bond film. Yeah, it's not a uh, it's not a porn parody, believe it or not. No, it's just Octopussy. <laughs> it's uh, James Bond, and James Bond is freaking perfect. I did not know that um, that was a James that. Bond movie at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Octopussy. Yep, James How Bond. the hell did they get away with that? 
I I have no idea. <laughs> but but anyway, so we're this is equivalent to our our uh, crow episode where we went on like ten minutes of Batman talk. Yeah, we we ran into like fifteen different things. Yeah, long um, long story short, but, Jason hates Spider Man three. I love Spider Man three. We're done. We're not gonna make any progress there. So let's talk Drag Me to Hell, shall we? But 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 we love we love Sam Raimi. Yes, we do across the board. And this this movie again, like like we said, is like probably the most Sam Raimi movie that can be Sam Raimi. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2. Well, can we also, like, Sam Raimi has produced some really good shit as well. Like, oh, yeah. e- Like, even when he's not behind the directing chair, like, did you watch the 2020 Grudge? No, I did not, actually. Yeah, Sam Raimi uh, produced that, and uh, that was really good, too. And I oh, forget... Damn. He's kind of like James Wan, where like anytime James Wan has his fingers in anything, he's always like got a big influence on it. Yeah, and it's it's usually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have to look. Obviously, he I'm sure was a producer for the 2013 Evil Dead remake. Uh yeah, he was. And then, uh, I think he also might have produced the 2000s. Um, grudge movies or at least one of them i can't remember for sure but he's got his hands in a in a lot of work and definitely a very um influential filmmaker absolutely so let's um let's uh let's dive into um yeah so well before before we do that so you you saw this in theaters you saw it with my sister and i'm i'm assuming it was just love at first watch when you watched this oh yeah absolutely like uh we were you know, we were laughing the whole time, and I thought it was amazing from first watch. And I still go back and and watch it all the time. I love Justin Long. Yes, um, one of my favorite actors. He's he's really funny. He does a really good job. Uh, and uh, what I can't remember the other girl's name, or what's the girl's name. Um, Allison Lohman. Yeah, she's really hot though. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> she's beautiful. Uh, she is. Yeah, yeah, she's she's stunning. And you know, diving into the plot, could this this scenario of being damned to hell happen to like a nicer person? <laughs> like she does nothing to deserve what happens to her. Yeah. So so basically. The kind of main plot, or or even just starting with the opening of the film, is she she works for a bank, and this lady comes in, and she's broke, she's poor, like she can't support herself, like she she's basically just she's about to be homeless, like she's just you know ousted out. And she's asking the the girl or the banker, like, I just need a loan or I, you know, I need to make this happen. And and she tells her, like, no, I'm sorry, we can't we can't do this. Like, well, we got to they give us a little bit of um, setup because Christine is our main character here. 
Um, very down to earth girl, you know, engaged to, uh, or no, not engaged yet, but like in a stable relationship, yeah. a long term relationship with her boyfriend Clay, um, you know, played by Justin Long, who is awesome in everything he does. Um, and she's a bank worker and she's, you know, just trying to get ahead in life. She's, uh, you know, lost a lot of weight over the years, um, cause they allude to that a lot that she, um, used to be, you know, used to have more weight on her and she lost weight and she's trying to get a promotion at her job to be an assistant manager. And the manager kind of pits her against another coworker being like, you know, it's between you and this other guy. I'll make up my mind and let you know, you know, but I like, yeah, some, but just, I, but I like, she's just trying to call, like crawl up the ladder. Like she's yeah. trying to. Yeah. yeah. And the manager's like, I like someone who can take charge. And this new guy is not afraid to do that. This lady comes into the bank and wants to, you know, get another extension on her home uh, before the bank forecloses on it. And she's like, well, I can make a, a tough decision. And she wants to impress her boss, so she says no. Uh, and it's her choice to throw the woman out of her house. Well, you know, have the bank take the house. And uh, because of that, she gets right. a um, a curse put on her by this old woman. Yep. And that's our that's our movie. Yeah. So, and the old. Go ahead. I was just to say the the old woman, um, you know, puts this curse on her, and from there it's just like nightmare fuel. And to to be fair, to be fair, um, <laughs> the main character isn't really trying isn't really trying to be mean, no, or anything. But it's just kind of one of those situations where she's just like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place and is like, you know, I, I don't want to kick you out of your house. I don't want to evict you, but I'm, I'm just kind of in this situation where if, if I don't, it's bad for me. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it, she, she's not trying to be mean and she's, she's got a good heart. Like she's, she's not wanting to do that, but she, she feels like she has to. Right. Well, let's let's do a, a plot walkthrough here. So the movie opens with a young boy years ago before Christine, who was also cursed because he took a necklace and then he tried to return it. And this young boy, who's probably what, like ten years old? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, really young. like a really yeah. young kid is cursed yeah. to eternal damnation. And the parents say to this um, this healer woman that, you know, my son's been seeing, vo- like, hearing voices and seeing things, and he thinks that something, something's coming to take him. And right. the, the lady tries to help, and the, scene, the opening scene ends with uh, the young boy falling over a balcony because he sees, you know, creepy stuff happening to the parents uh, and to the healer. And this young boy gets dragged to hell. And we see all the hands come out. And I am in love with this opening, dude. It is such a good opener for a horror movie. And it sets the tone that even though this is PG-13, Sam Raimi is going to push us to our limits with this. 
Yeah, absolutely. And in that opening scene, <clears throat> when they're trying to save the kid, um, they've got the, like this glass ceiling above them, and seeing it's it's just like shadows of hands or shadows of creatures in this top glass ceiling yep. that looks creepy as fuck. Yeah, like, and, this, and this is where the Raimi, this is where the Raimiism start to come in already. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just a it's it's a really cool look, and when when they pan to that that top ceiling, and you see all these, it, I mean, I guess we call them demon hands, whatever you want to call them, but like you just see all these hands, like shadow hands coming across the top. Um, which actually <laughs> reminds me a lot of, um, uh, the haunted mansion <laughs> from Disney. <laughs> well, that's it's, the, it's, that's there's, the, there's one scene that's got a little kind of like vibe from that or one room that has a little vibe from that. Oh, for sure. Um, it looks like the room. But, it looks like the room that has the stretching walls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but that's, but, but that's um, the thing, man, is that these demons in the movie have the Raimi twist to them. They're like, they're kind of funny, you know, like you see a title like drag me to hell and you see the trailer, the trailer plays it like a, like a straightforward horror movie. And you're like, Oh, it's going to be like another possession type movie, like the conjuring or something. It is not. No. And, and the thing that's, the thing that's funny about it is, that like there's there's not really a bunch of body count like there's not a bunch of people dying in it nope um it's just that main character just being tortured <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um, she goes through it yeah so so basically she gets the kind of curse put on her yeah, so so right after the and, opening with the little boy, we see the whole thing with Christine getting uh, cursed. Right before we jump too far, we got to talk about the fight scene in the car. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this is this is where that stuff you were talking about about Raimi just being gross and like kind of funny and like yeah, in the same sense that we talked about. Is. Yeah, in the same sense that we talked about with the uh, the American Psycho episode, where you're like, "Am I supposed to laugh at this?" <laughs> like. The, like so, this fight scene happens, right? So the great thing about this is that Raimi doesn't have to be like super gory. He doesn't have to be like cutting people's arms off and stuff like that. But he can make things funny, and I I think exactly where you're going is uh, the. The witch uh, finding her in the car. Yeah, she waits to after she gets kicked out because Christine calls security when she rejects her for the extension. Um, Sylvia Gunnish, she waits for uh, Christine like out in the parking garage and she's hiding in the back of her car, um, which actually when I saw this in theaters, that got a jump scare out of me and the entire theater when. Oh, yeah. When Christine yeah. is running like through the parking garage. And she sees Sylvia's car and she's like, shit. She runs to her car because you can hear like the the 
coughing from Sylvia, like somewhere in the distance. Yeah. Uh, and she runs to her car, thinks she's safe, and then she sees the handkerchief, like just kind of hit the windshield and then fly around the back seat of the car and you follow it. When you get to the back seat, it's shrouded in shadow, and then Sylvia's face just slowly comes out of the shadow. Yeah. Uh, that got a jump scare out of me and my entire theater. Like, there's no loud bang or anything like that. It's just Sylvia's face slowly coming out of the darkness and into frame. And people like... Yeah, no, it's it's not your typical jump scare. It's not like the the volume jacked up or you heard this loud bang or anything. It's not your typical jump scare, but you just see this thing. And you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. No people like people like screamed out loud in the theater. And so did I. <laughs> and, uh, cause it's such a good trick because you follow the handkerchief floating in the air and your eyes aren't focused yeah. or adjusted on the shadows of the back seat. Exactly. So that when, when the handkerchief goes out of frame, Sylvia's face is already starting to come into frame. So like your eyes just flip real quick and you're like, oh fuck. Um, and it's awesome. Well, and then and then what she does is uh, she she gums on Oh dude <laughs> old girl mouth. This yeah, it's, so it's, it's it's like she she has no the the witch or whatever has no teeth. Or she may have had dentures, but took them out, whatever. But she is in old girl's mouth and just, like, gumming well, on they, her, like, jaw. It's so gross. Well, they, like, they start fighting in the backseat or, like, in the car. Right. And, like, this fight is crazy. Like, Christine hits her in the forehead with a stapler. <laughs> And stap- oh, yeah. and hits her <laughs> yeah. like with a staple in the eye or like right above the eye. Sylvia's choking her, and Christine buckles herself and then hits the gas pedal so that she crashes into another car. And Sylvia's not buckled. That's why Christine like put her seatbelt on. And when Sylvia, yeah, and then when she gets thrown into the front seat, and that's when her dentures come flying out of her mouth, and she's like, "Oh, oh, oh. that's right." And then she gums the bottom. Uh, she goes to bite Christine and gums her mouth. It is disgusting, man. And it's not. And you see it happen. And it doesn't cut away. And you hear like spit sounds. <laughs> and you see slobber go on Christine's oh, yeah, face. It is. It is gross. Listen, I've seen a, a lot of gory, like crazy gory scenes. And this movie still bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about shortly after the how about shortly after the gumming scene where Christine Sylvia puts her teeth back in and goes to bite her again and then Christine shoves a ruler into her throat? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like <laughs> and like spits it out. Yeah. And that's that's a that's the thing about this movie because it's We've we've talked about quite a few times, like like PG thirteen movies, you know, are very very much misses for the most part. Now there are some good ones, but this movie is PG thirteen. Insidious, but just just the stuff that Raimi does is just like it's so gross. Um, it, it's not even 
gore. It's just nasty. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it is. Old girl, like, gumming her, mm. like, on her bottom jaw. Like, so she's basically in her mouth with no teeth, and she's just, like, gumming the yeah. bottom of the the amount of the amount of stuff that goes like in or around christine's mouth throughout the movie uh i think i think we've actually said that exact quote um maybe in a (laughs) in a in an earlier episode maybe when we talked about evil dead probably i think i said that exact theme i i was like you know Everything that went around or in her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get to the one that I think is probably the worst of it uh, later. But so they have this fight. They've had this fight scene and Sylvia takes a button from Christine when she finally gets back into the car because Christine kicked her out. Um, Yeah. That's another jump scare when Sylvia stand. You think that she's left the car because she can't get in the door anymore. And then she comes out. She comes back into frame with a cinder block. Yeah. And she's like, and then throws it at the door. Um, And she takes a button from Christine and that's going to be the item that she curses. Uh, And she mutters, you know, some, some curse words and not like cussing, but like she bestows a curse on her and we hear. Because basically she has the, the witch or whatever has to take like a personal item from someone and curse that item and then give it back to her. Right. Yeah. And that's actually the first time we hear the term Lamia, which is going to come into play later. We hear her say it when she's making the curse, um, which was, which was part of the trailer. They don't say Lamia, but they show that scene of her cursing the button. Um, If anyone hasn't, if anyone that has seen this movie hasn't watched the trailer in a while, go back. It's one of my favorite theatrical trailers. Yeah, uh, it's good. But uh so Christine now has a curse on her and she starts having some creepy shit happen to her. Um and this is where all the stuff starts with uh stuff going in her mouth. She gets a fly in her mouth <laughs> which uh while she's sleeping. Um yeah, this this movie um we we've, we've talked about um when we did uh Black Christmas and stuff like that. We we're talking about all the the eyeball shit that bothered us. Yep. But for some reason um and and Brammy does it in uh Evil Dead. Yeah, he does. And even the new Evil Dead does it. But it's just so much shit going in everybody's mouth. <laughs> well, I think that's the invasive nature of it. They're man. Like it's just vomiting, like vomiting, vomiting into people's mouths, or an eyeball going into someone's mouth, or well, I, just like yeah, there's just. And, I think, and this movie is hard on it. Yeah, and I think that's the invasive nature of it. Is like no one wants to be force fed anything, let alone something gross. So the fact that throughout yeah, the throughout the entire movie, Christine is force fed things and just has shit go in or around her mouth every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. So, yeah, she gets a fly in her mouth and she wakes up 
Um, you know, you start the early scares, right? And she goes to the fortune teller and the guy, you know, is scared off by something about her, but he doesn't really say what. Um, basically, you know, it's a pretty simple plot, but she finds out that from the fortune teller that she's been cursed by Mrs. Gunnish, the old woman, and that a demon called the Lamia is going to come torment her for three days before taking her to hell. Yeah. And boy, does she get tormented for three days. Uh, she does, man. This is one of the most terrifying scenarios I could ever think of is to just be like, because she doesn't just get stuff like put in her mouth and gross stuff happen or get scared. She gets like beaten up. You know? Yeah, she does. The first scare where the Lamia shadow comes on the wall, it like punches her in the face. Yeah. And it's just Um, like fucking shit, man. That's kind of a throwback. That's kind of a throwback to like that like that opening scene where it it pans up to the ceiling and you see all the shadows or the hands that are shadows like it comes back like so whatever torment she's going through or whatever it's like these like ethereal things like that it's 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 not like a zombie it's not like it's it's like a ghost slash demon but whatever but it can punch her in the fucking face (laughs) And yes, it, it it's br- yeah, it's br- it's brutal, man. It's brutal for a PG yeah, thirteen movie. Through, yeah, she can go through physical abuse. Yeah, and uh, so as we kind of go along, it's basically you know a, a sequence like a series of scares for a little while. Um, so let's talk about the scares and also the shit that goes in her mouth over time. Uh, Jesus. She There's get, like everything that goes in her mouth. She gets the fly. Um, <laughs> she gets the fly in her mouth. Um, we're gonna just go out of order because I can't remember exactly what order they all appear in. But uh, the old woman appears in the bed yeah. next to her and vomits like dirt and worms in her mouth. Yeah. The old woman attacks her in her shed and shoves her whole fucking fist in her mouth. Yeah. Like her entire um, arm up to her elbow. There's also like the the like the like the dirty handkerchief that flies around and goes into her mouth. Yep. So I want to ask so you, like, Jason, I mean, what's the what's the I have my answer. What's the worst in your mouth moment in here? I should have phrased that better, but whatever. Um, what's the worst thing that goes in her mouth for you? Because I have my answer. Um, I think. I think the the gumming. Okay. <laughs> when the dentures come out, where she's like chewing on her jaw. Uh, oh God! Like I, <laughs> I just can't even. I can't even fathom like somebody like it gumming on like my grandma or some someone taking their teeth out and gumming on my jaw. I I'm just like oh that's ah, just a, that's like, just a new way of making out man. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's awful. It um, is awful. And um, then, 
and then that handkerchief like yeah. goes in her mouth, um, which is which is really weird. Uh, but yeah, I, ugh, blah, well, like I, well, I like have. I, said, I I think that I think that car scene um, very early on with the with the gumming of her jaw. Um, and then, and then I think, uh, in that moment or, or close to it is when she like kind of vomits in her mouth and I'm just like, oh, ah. like well, just... I have my moment and it's when, uh, Christine decides she's going to go apologize to Sylvia. Um, and yeah. she's like, I'm going to find out where she lives. I'm going to go apologize and try to make things right. And she goes there and finds out that Sylvia has passed away. And she meets her granddaughter. And again, this is kind of a funny scene, but then it just turns gross. When she goes in and the the granddaughter's like, you can never make everything all right for her. Come see for yourself. And she comes in and Sylvia's corpse is right there. And somehow the corpse, when she's standing over it, manages to get a hold of her hair. Uh, Oh, yeah. And she pulls it down, like pulls away and the the coffin flips over and the body falls on her, all the embalming fluid that goes in her mouth. Mm. That's the worst one for yeah, me. Yeah, I forgot about that. Is that embalming fluid from the from the corpse is going into her mouth. Oh, you know what? I'm wondering, I'm wondering. Um, <laughs> you know what? I had it backwards, the by the way. I had it backwards, by the way. The corpse doesn't get a hold of her hair yet. Christine doesn't know that she's dead until she scares, until she sees the corpse, and then the coffin falls over because she bumps into it, and then the corpse somehow grabs a hold of her hair as they try to take it off of her because that's when the embalming fluid uh, is going into her mouth. She's like, "Get her off me!" And the corpse grabs her hair. That's the other thing too. She gets her hair ripped oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, dude. I'm wondering when they were casting that. Um, <laughs> talking to the actress, she's like, "Listen, we're gonna shove a bunch of really gross <laughs> shit in your mouth. Are you okay with that?" Oh like, man! <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, Allison like, Lohman was a trooper and did a lot of it. I'm sure a lot of it. I'm I'm positive they didn't put dirt and worms in her mouth, but it just looks so gross. Oh, yeah. It yeah, just yeah. looks gross, man. I would gag at the sight of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, but it's just like it's just like um okay, so here's what's going to happen. Um throughout the movie, we're going to shove a bunch of nasty shit in your mouth. And are you good with that? And she's like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's probably she's just probably wanting the role and and of course, you know, in horror movies and stuff like that, obviously she's not getting real worms and shit shoved no. in her mouth. She can't make everything right. She can't apologize because Sylvia has already passed away and the granddaughter's not going to help her. She says, you deserve everything that's coming to you. Um, yeah. Again, she's not responsible for Sylvia's death or anything. <laughs> um, And she's just doing her job. Like, she's just a nice person. She does not deserve what she gets. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the, like the slight of the movie or, or part of the movie that it's just like, man, like she's just doing her job. Like she's not, 
she's not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. She's not trying to do anything bad. But like when you have a position like that, like when you're working for a bank and you have to foreclose on somebody's house or kick them out of their their house or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's a job I could never do, man. Yeah, it's just it's just like she don't want to do that. Like nobody wants to do that. But, you know, if if you're in that position, if you don't do it, you're not doing your job, you know? Yeah, no, so, it's a it's yeah. a difficult situation, rocking a hard place, like you said. Um, yeah, it and, blows ass, but yeah. And uh, so we keep going, and the fortune teller says, "Well, you can try to appease the spirit because every scene is just her getting the shit kicked out of her, or something goes in her mouth, or some scare happens. It's just a nonstop onslaught. She gets a nosebleed at work." Um, and her, her nosebleed is like a fucking fire hydrant going off with so much blood. Oh yeah. Uh, and she has the scare scene when she's at Clay's parents' house, um, who are, who are super shitty to her, by the way. They're like, yes, they are. They're like, they're like, Clay, you should be thinking about your life and you can't fool around with, with, uh with you know a young girl or something i'm like dude she's got she's healthy she's got a good job she's got her own place like she's a nice person like what more do you want yeah she's she's uh she's awesome she's well established yeah she's got goals she's She's well established she's good yeah and his parents are just Uh, super super shitty um absolutely and so a lot of scares he finds out that uh or she finds out from the fortune teller like you can try to appease the spirit with a sacrifice um jason i need to recant my my uh my joke towards you about picking less dog death because i realized today that i picked a cat death movie because she sacrifices her because she sacrifices her cat yep Thankfully, we don't see that, but it's like a little kitten, and she's like, come here, kitty, and she's got a knife in her hand. I'm like, ugh. Yep, she's just she's just trying to do whatever she can to yeah. like get out of this situation. And it doesn't work. Um, so we keep going, and there was the healer woman from the beginning of the movie who tried to save the young boy. And when it didn't work, she says she makes a promise to the Lamia that they're going to meet again and she's going to take it down this time. And she's yeah, she's like, well, I will help you for $10,000. Clay decides to believe Christine finally and he pays the $10,000. And then we get, Jason, my favorite scene in the movie, which is when they do the seance and summon the Lamia to the building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my favorite scene in the movie. It is an iconic horror scene at this point because their plan is to summon the Lamia, bring it into the medium, the healer, and they're going to put it in a goat and they're going to kill the goat. Yep. I wonder if that's going to work or not. Oh, wait, it does not. (laughs) No, it doesn't work. (laughs) When the Lamia comes in here, man, this is... 
the most Raimi moment of the movie. And again, straight up Evil Dead callback. Well, this this is a part of the reason why, too, that um, uh, Luke and Marcus and myself have been yelling at you to watch Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, this is this is a very Ash versus Evil Dead moment. Yeah, but this came before and Ash versus Evil Dead. Just saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it did. It did. But you, you're missing the fuck out. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this is a... You not having seen the show, you you don't realize like how close this is or, or whatever. Uh, but yes, but well, if it's, it's any, a good scene. If this scene is any indication of what the, scene, what the scenes in the show are like, I'm going to love the shit out of it because I love this fucking scene when the Lamia comes in because it possesses the medium. It possesses the medium and the healer woman. uh, And it's talking through her saying, Christine, you can't appease me. I'm coming for you anyway. And it's laughing, making jokes. And then they try to put it into the goat and it goes into the goat. And we get a goat screaming cuss words at Christine. Yeah. And literally being like, you tricked me. I'm going to I'm going to quote the movie, but this is what the Lamia says when it goes into the goat. It says, you tricked me, you black hearted whore, you bitch. (laughs) 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 Oh, dude, again, straight evil dead and they can't get the goat slaughter because it breaks up free of its um it's tied to the table and it possesses one of the other workers favorite moment visual moment in the uh movie or favorite moment all around is when it possesses the other guy in the room and the lamia just starts floating in the air and is like and is dancing over the fire oh yeah oh yeah one of my favorite moments in any horror movie dude and again Evil Dead callback, but it's got its own twist on it too. And even the, yeah, it does. It even does. even the score in this movie is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soundtrack's great. Score's great. Um, I mean, there's there's nothing that I do not like about this movie. I mean, and and it's severely underrated. It is, man. And Not enough people talk about it. No, nobody talks about it, man. And it's so good. Uh, and, and like I said earlier on in the episode, it's probably the most Raimi movie out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, uh, what I like about this, too, is that this movie could easily just fit into the Evil Dead series, right? Yeah, it really could have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with just a, a with just a little bit of a twist on the storyline, or just maybe a, a little bit different direction on it, it could have definitely been Evil Dead. Maybe. But I like that it's not. I like that it plays it a little more straight and it gives a different story, but keeps true to those other movies. 
And it's yeah. just it's just so much fun, man. This is another instance, by the way, where Christine gets something in her mouth because the Lamia says uh, something something like, again, quoting the movie, the Lamia says something like, I don't want your cat, you filthy pork queen. And then it spits the cat out and the fluid from the dead oh, cat yeah. goes in her mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It just so uh, like so when, so gross and so creepy and again just so bizarre, but also played for comedic purposes. Well, like we said earlier, I I, I don't know what the uh, the obsession was with just putting gross shit in her mouth, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> she did the whole time. Like it was just like it was just nasty. Someone, someone um, on set, we, someone on set had a fetish. Clearly, uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it it was it was Raimi trying to do something that was Evil Dead style, but not rated R like he, he wasn't trying to saw people's arms off and stuff like that, which he would usually do. Um, but he was trying to make something, you know, kind of PG 13 style, but still make it, make it disturbing at the same time. And, um, he succeeded, man. <laughs> he did. And I think that's well, one thing that I like about this movie so much is that if you're someone that wants to get into horror, and you don't know where to start. This is a great intro for horror fans. Like, yeah, it is. It's got horror comedy, but it's also got some really scary moments in it, and some kind of kind of gory, gross moments in there. Like, there's a lot of. It's got a lot of the horror genre in it, and I think it's a great first movie to get into if you're new to the genre. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's it's not. Um... It's not overly graphic as as far as gore goes, uh, but like seeing stuff that you're like, oh, like, like that's awful. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would never want that to happen to me. Fuck <laughs> like, no, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, it it does a good job of not like, not like Evil Dead or or you know uh slasher movies like there's no arms getting chopped chopped off or anything like that um but at the same time you're just like if you were in the situation and everything was happening to you like you would just be horrified like well speaking of if this happened to you after this séance scene the the medium's dead. The one that said she would take down the Lamia, she dies in the process. Right. Um, right. And the only other option at the end that the um, the fortune teller says is you can give the curse away. Uh, just know that whoever you give this to is going to burn in hell for eternity. And yes. If this were me, that's where I just give up because <laughs> I, yeah, I could never do that ever. 
Well, that's uh, that's kind of the the point to the movie. It's like once once you're cursed, or once she has been cursed, it's like uh, either either take it and you're and it's called dragged to hell for a reason. Yep. It's like either you're going to be dragged to hell, or if you try and pass it to someone else, that person's going to be dragged to hell. Well. She can, and... she considers giving it to the coworker that she was competing against for the assistant manager position because he stole her work and claimed it as her own. And she considers giving him the button so that the Lamia will take him instead and she can't bring herself to do it. And she right. asks the fortune teller later, can I give it back to the person that gave it to me? Um, And... So the final battle, question mark, because it's not really a battle, but she goes to Sylvia Gunnish's no. grave and is like, I'm going to give this back to the to the old woman. And she digs up her body and is uh, it's pouring down rain. Um, and she is like, I'm going to give this back to you. And she says, choke on it, bitch. And then thro- and then shoves the envelope with the uh, with the yeah. button with the button into her mouth. Yep. Uh, while the corpse also conveniently grabs onto her hair and drags her under the water and she gets mud and more stuff in her mouth, <laughs> more stuff in rain and dirt and yep. corpse goo. Um, and you think it's over cause she gave the curse back to, um, to the, to the old woman and yay, happy ending or maybe not. Because earlier on she had well, yeah. Because there's there's early on in the movie, um, there's like a a token which is, um, her like button. Yeah, she's um, she's got an envelope with her button, and then her her boyfriend collects coins. Yeah, um, but the the button is kind of what the curse is attached to. Yep, and so she she puts like the button into the corpse's mouth, and she thinks that if she gets rid of the button, that she'll be all right. And so she does that with the corpse, and she thinks that she's good. Um, but then we hit the end. Well, earlier on, she put um, she put the she put the button into an envelope, right? She put the button into an envelope, but she also gave her boyfriend a special yep. coin earlier on that was also in a in the exact same type of envelope. And they were driving somewhere yep. and they stopped really suddenly so that everything fell onto the floor and she picked up the button, or so she thought. And, you know, happy right. happy ending. They're at the train station, right? And uh Cl- or not Cliff. Uh, Clay's gonna propose to her, and they're gonna go on a vacation together. Um, oops! Clay pulls out the envelope and says, "I think you have my coin," and he's still got the button. Yeah. So, so they, she they, never, they she never, a... she never gave the curse away. Yeah. So they pull like a little bait and switch, um, where you think uh, she's given him the coin. And he's given her the button or vice versa. Um, and yeah, so uh, 
it switches it up and then the the kind of final scene in the movie um is is really cool because you're you're kind of thinking like you said like happy ending everybody's cool we got the curse you know taken care of you know we got rid of it and then no at the end um she gets dragged to hell (laughs) just like the title says and uh Again, amazing visuals, amazing scene. She is in shock when she sees that the button was never given away. She falls onto the train tracks because they're at a train station and a train's coming and it's about to hit her. Yeah, and, yeah. and the train's coming and it's about to hit her and the portal to hell opens up right beneath her and all these evil dead type hands come up and grab her. Yep. And they just slowly yep. drag and her to hell. And dude... Again, PG-13, her fucking face melts away as she goes underground. Yeah. Like, she slowly starts to look like a skeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like her skin melting off and um, all of this, uh, like, like kind of lava and fire and everything that is... Uh, going on while she's getting dragged down. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's pretty cool looking. Oh, it's great. And, yeah. And um, that's the end of the movie. Typical Raimi. There ain't no happy ending here. She goes to hell and burns for all eternity, and her boyfriend is just left staring at what just happened because he saw her go to hell. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, but it it's it's such a good ending, um, and like you said, uh, Raimi typically does not do these like happy endings where it's like at least one person or two people like made it through. Like, even if somebody makes it through they're like scarred for life. <laughs> well, even in his, even um, in his Spider-Man movies, they don't necessarily end on the happiest of notes. Spider-Man one ends with the death of, uh, Norman Osborn and, you know, Mary yeah. Jane and Spider-Man parting of ways. Spider-Man two ends with, uh, Dr. Octopus dead and Mary Jane, not sure if she can be with Spider-Man. Spider-Man three ends in complete tragedy with Harry dying. So even in a superhero movie, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't want to do a happy ending. No, not at all. Um, you're completely correct. Uh, like, especially the end of like the original Spider-Man. He's talking to Mary Jane, and he's just like, "I can't be with you," and she's like, "Oh, but Peter," and he's just like, "Nope, nope." And I'm like, "God damn, man, <laughs> get you some." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, old girl, old girl is bad as shit. Yeah, man, but that's that's dragged me to hell, and that's where it ends as she goes to hell and burns for all eternity, and her boyfriend is just left wondering what just happened, and that's it. Um, Yeah. I fucking love this movie, man. It is so much fun every time. I do, too. Um, there's, again, uh, there's so much just grossness and weirdness <laughs> to this movie. Um, 
but you know, loving Sam Raimi and knowing Sam Raimi, uh, it makes so much sense. Um, and it's just fun. Yeah, it is. Um, but again, great movie to get you into horror if you're new to it. Um, and I want to, I want to leave you Jason. Cause I mean, there's no real wrap up thoughts. We both love this movie. We'll watch it time and time again. Every time it's a ride, it's got it all. It's funny. It's scary. It's quippy. It's cheesy. Um, it's just got it all. It's great. Yeah, it does. It's, it's one of those movies that, uh, that it, it, like you said, it does have everything. Like you have, you have moments to laugh. You have moments that are crazy scary. Um, there's a lot of jump scares in there. And usually like anything that I, that I feel like is heavy on jump scares. I kind of steer away from, Mm-hmm. but the jump scares in here are really good and they have a purpose. Yeah. So was... it's not just like a, it's not just like a pop up and you're like, Oh shit. Like you do have that. Oh shit moment, but you have that. Oh shit moment. And it has a purpose to it. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not pointless jump scares. Every time there's a jump scare in here, it's the Lamia attacking or it's some kind of villain attack. It's not stupid stuff like, oops, I dropped something. Oops, my cat jumped out and it was nothing. Yeah, um, that's, that's that's what I was going to say. Uh, it's it's not like, oh, there's a cat in the closet. Can we, can we talk about probably the worst of that type of jump scare? Because I think it comes from the Poltergeist remake from 2015. Where uh, they open a closet. God, and... do, we, do, we, do we have to talk about that? Oh, yes, we do now that I brought it up. <laughs> Can we talk about the stupid CGI squirrel jump scare in Poltergeist 2015? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't even remember that. Yeah, dude, they're literally open a closet. They literally open a closet, and there's a CGI squirrel that jumps out and is running around the room, and it's supposed to be like a scary moment. Oh God! Yeah, I, I remember. I remember watching that remake. Like I, I watched it when it came out, and I, I just hated every moment of it. Yeah, I, um, I think I was more optimistic. It's, it's sad because Sam. It's it's sad because Sam Rockwell's in there, and I love him. Same, and I was. I was hoping that it was going to be a lot better, but it's just, ugh, it's just CGI. Well, what are you co- I mean, at the time, I didn't have Nasty like a, mess. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I didn't have a huge affinity for uh, or a huge amount of love. I didn't love the original Poltergeist back then, but even at the time, I was just like, this remake is right. so pointless. You know, like it it has no yeah, it has it has no reason to be here. Like you can't outdo the first one well it was it was the same thing we were talking about the other day um the which i know you haven't watched but the the remake of cabin fever which well i'm not gonna watch cabin that <laughs> fever, 
Uh, yeah, which cabin fever wasn't even that long ago, and I was like, I was like, why are they redoing this? Um, and their their reasoning behind it was like, oh, we're gonna make it more serious, or we're gonna make it more hardcore. Yeah, don't. And don't, I was don't, watching it. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just everything about it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not the gonna. Acting was awful, and yeah. I'm, yeah, don't waste your time. No, I'm not going to subject um, myself to that, and I probably will never watch the Poltergeist remake again. I wanted to love it. Um, it uh, no, it is just whatever. I, I, it's I saw whatever. It once and I was just, yeah, yeah. I saw it once, and I was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> no, it's it's whatever. What is the point of doing a shot for shot remake? Yeah, it, and and it was the poltergeist movie well i know a lot of pretty much shot for shot right well i know a lot of people will say that the nightmare on elm street remake was a shot for shot remake um i disagree with that oh no i'm i'm with you i don't i don't think so either there are scenes that are recreations of the original of course but like this the movie's not a shot for shot remake Sure, and, they're trying. They're trying to stick to, they're trying to stick to the kind of original uh, storyline. But yeah, no, they they do their own thing with that. Jason, I think I and, think I think one day soon we need to finally just bite the bullet and finally do an episode on the Nightmare on Elm Street remake because I feel like we have talked about our love for that movie constantly and we've never done an episode on it. Yeah, and I I need to watch it again. I mean, I I liked it. I thought it was great, and I love um, Jackie Earl Haley. Yep, me too. And I, I didn't find a lot that uh, bugged me about that movie. I thought it was good. No, it's got a good cast in there. Kyle uh, Gallner, um, Rooney Mara, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, um uh, Clancy Brown. Uh, I like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I feel like we'll have to do an episode on that sometime soon, but uh, we'll save that. But uh, one thing I want to leave us with before we wrap it up here, Jason, um, there's talks of a sequel to Drag Me to Hell. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I did see that the other day. Um, I think I sent it to you I mean, a few a few weeks back, too. Yeah, it might have been you that sent it to me. I mean, I'm I'm cool with it. Like as long as Raimi's doing it. Yes, please. Um Yeah. What would what do you think as, that, as long as Raimi's on it, like I'm I'm fine. What do you think they would do? Would they would this be an actual sequel, like an Evil Dead Two, or would this be like an Evil Dead Rise where it's like just another story in this universe? Um, I, I would, I would think, or my initial thought would be that it it would be um not the same characters or anything, but like the same creature, or the same curse, yeah, or somewhere in there. I would almost prefer that they don't do a direct sequel to it, like you know, like the whole like let's bring Justin Long back. I love Justin Long, but I. I don't want the ending ruined by adding more story to it. Right. 
So I feel like probably the only way to go would be yeah, like yeah, would I be would, would... probably the only way to go would be an I... Evil Dead Rise scenario, and maybe you can bring like some characters back, like maybe the fortune teller comes back. Yeah, I would. I would prefer if they're gonna do it. I would prefer that it not be like the original characters, but maybe like like you said, uh, like the fortune teller and stuff like that. Just uh, or the same, the same demon or creature, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well. We'll see what actually happens. I, I don't remember off the top of my head if it's if it was actually confirmed or if it's just something that they're trying to do. Um, I'm okay if they don't do a sequel to it. I think the movie's perfect as is, and I kind of like it as this little no, one. I kind of like it as this little one-off film that is just like this little cult classic for fans of Sam Raimi. Um, but we'll see where they go. Um, but nevertheless, I will. I will always love this movie and I'm glad we finally got to talk about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great movie. Um, and again, like if you're, if you're a Sam Raimi fan at all, uh, you know, we said, or I at least said it's, it's the most Sam Raimi <laughs> of Sam Raimi <laughs> <laughs> that you can get. Uh, it's, it's great, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's super gross. Uh, it's funny. It's, uh, it's gory. Uh, it's yeah, just, it's, it's, it's just fun. It's, it's great movie. Yep. Love that. Drag me to hell. Love that Joker. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Well, that is it for our episode on drag me to hell. Um, I cannot believe that this is episode 46 of this podcast. Yeah, we're, we're approaching 50, man, and we got to do something special. We're approaching episode 50 and we're coming up on our one year anniversary of, uh, doing Midnight Terrors. So, and technically if you yeah, look, that's what I was going to say, yeah, we're, we're about to hit our year. So technically, we got to figure out something good. Oh yeah. And technically if you want to look at the entire feed with our two, um, extra interviews with the first and Mr. Fang and the dark tones, we've done when this episode comes out, we will have done 48 episodes total. Um, yeah, man, we just, we just keep riding this wave and, uh, it's, it's fun, man. I, I love doing this show. I look forward to doing it every week and, um, I appreciate everybody that's listening. Absolutely, man. Uh, we appreciate uh, all of our people that listen in, all of our people that are fans. And, you know, this is just what we love and we love to do it. So, Absolutely. And big, big things coming in the future. So stay tuned. But everybody, thank you for listening. Jason, thank you for jumping on the line with me tonight to uh, uh, fillet slash circle jerk drag me to hell. Um always always fun (laughs) and uh great movie oh yeah amazing and uh we'll be back again next sunday with another episode uh in the meantime get in touch with us on facebook and instagram under midnight terrors podcast 
and shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. Send us movie recommendations, please. We actually got um, a movie recommendation from one of our Instagram followers who uh, will... Um, you know, we'll shout out once we finally pick the movie. Um, but we want more of that. Send us movies that you want to hear us talk about. We'd love to to talk about some stuff that we've never seen before. Yeah, it's 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 fun for us to trade off the movies that we like, um, or you know, just get each other to watch something different. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, like anytime we can get uh, any of our listeners, just go like, "Hey, watch this." We're down. We are we'll watch anything. We are even even if I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get a funny episode out of it, like we did with uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're that's... down. With whatever. Yep, we are. So uh, get in touch with us. Send us movie recommendations. Um, I don't say this enough, but if you do like our show, it really helps if you leave reviews of us wherever you listen to us. Um, Because one, we like hearing the feedback and anything that we can do better. We definitely want to know, but it also helps spread the word of the podcast as well. Uh, And we just want to keep growing. We want to get more guests and just keep doing this thing. So if you like us and you're feeling up to it, definitely leave us a review. Um, and, uh, you know, tell us what we can continue to do to get better and to, uh, hone in on, on our craft and, you know, grow the show and, uh, be a part of it with us. But that's our episode on drag me to hell. We'll be back again next Sunday with another episode. Jason, what is this show called? It's a Midnight Terrors podcast. Yeah, buddy. All right, everyone. That's it. This is the Midnight Terrors podcast. We'll see you all again next week. Peace. Peace.